What's up, everybody? We've got Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings coming your way. Big episode here, week four NFL upcoming, week five in college football. Myself and Julian Edlow ready to break it all down. Jules sits down with Johnny Avello, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. They cover all the angles in college and NFL. Colorado, that team, they're playing USC this week. The Buffalo's going to bounce back. They're going to score some points this week. That total up over 70 points, just as it was last week against Oregon. Jules and I will go through the college card and also set up best bets. We'll possibly go in both directions, college and NFL. A big episode coming up on Reasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Okay, welcome in. A Reasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Brendan Glasheen with Julian Edlow. No Steve Buchanan this week. Odds are with Johnny Avello coming up very shortly. Jules goes solo with Mr. Avello. Uh, Let's start first with a recap from last week. Julian, your three-leg teaser. That blew up in your face, kind of as you thought it might, because you didn't sound all that confident when you gave it out. I was confident. It's just you know these things are tough. Um in theory, like a, a, you don't want to be betting a, t- a three-leg ten-point teaser every week. But if you think there's, a, if you identify like a week that it's for once or twice a season, I'm fine with it. You just can't be betting it week to week and expect to profit. So I thought this was a week for it. The Cowboys proved me wrong by being pathetic losers. And if I had just bet all three games separately, I would have profited because the Niners blew the Giants out of the water. The Chiefs mopped the field with the Bears. Didn't even come close to covering. And um, the Cowboys, I just needed minus two and a half there. Obviously lose that one outright. And uh, that's why 10-point teasers are generally long-term losers that I thought I could get, get by with for one week. So it does set up a good bounce back spot for the Cowboys at home against the Patriots. They are favored. Now they're sitting there six and a half, seven, looking like a teaser leg for this week if you do a standard teaser. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I still don't think we learned. We, we didn't. We didn't learn much from Mike McCarthy as a play caller. And we are three weeks in. The Giants opener was a lot of short fields, defensive touchdowns. Week two, Jets, Zach Wilson. Uh, come on. And then this past week speaks for itself. You let Josh Dobbs carve up your defense. Mar- uh, Hollywood Brown looked like he had an ascension. Um, and yeah, it, it got scared. I mean, play calling generally, like between the 20s, wasn't awful. But in the red zone, holy crap, it, it doesn't look great. But maybe this is not good news for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I was on the Packers minus two. We had Steve on last week, and Steve actually gave it out before he did best bet. Steve mentioned just take the Packers on the money line. That obviously ended up being a wise choice because Green Bay closed as an underdog. I took him as a favorite. We recorded early in the week. Packers win by one. I took a minus two. Derek Carr gets hurt. Jameis Winston in. I felt, you know, going back and listening, I felt pretty good about the the game script as far as the Saints haven't really played anybody as far as that offense is concerned. Defensively, they're very good. If they stay healthy, they've got a top-tier defense. Clearly the best defense Tampa might have a sniff, but they've got the best defense going in that division. Yeah, so I'm going to use this game to highlight one of the times that maybe we shouldn't be afraid to use the cash-out button Mm. that you are offered at places like DraftKings Sportsbook. When you bet on a platform like this, I didn't have that game totally on my radar, but then the Packers injury report comes out, and they're down maybe some more weapons than we thought. They're down Alexander, best player in the secondary down more offensive linemen than we thought. And I said, I'm going to take a stab at the Saints here. Took a money line minus 115 an hour before kick. Felt pretty good at 17 nothing. Car gets hurt. I was looking at the cash out button, which at the time at 17 nothing, car getting hurt, you could get about 75% of your profits on the bet. The reason I ultimately didn't do it was because I said, yes, there's going to be a drop off to Winston, but it's 17 nothing. This isn't doesn't change that the defense is pitching a shutout. I don't know why this would change and the Packers would start scoring. Obviously, they did. I, I was wrong there. But just to highlight when these things happen, particularly in a lopsided game like 17 nothing, open your app. Check the cash out button if you don't want to take a bad beat um, like that game kind of turned out to, to be. So stared it down, didn't do it. Should have taken 75% of my profits there. 
and the, the Packers going for two, a, a ballsy call. Matt LaFleur, I got to give it to him. I wasn't sure. Thing. What's that? This whole new analytics thing messes with spreads and money. Sure does. Especially yeah. minus six and a halves. Because if you get that two to go down six, and let's say you end the game losing by six, it still messes with yeah, this. Yeah, this whole thing's a new wrinkle in spreads over the last few years. Before we send it to you and Johnny, quick thought on the college football slate. What's the game that jumps to jumps out? I mean, Friday night's game's excellent. Utah, Oregon State. That line has soared up. If you like Oregon State on the money line, that to me is one of the games of the weekend. Johnny and I are going to talk about that one. Beavers taking a ton of money at home. Uh, we're going to talk about this one in the show as well, you and I. But yeah, this one's moved a lot. Will Cam Rising play or not is the big question. Uh, but I just love the spot of Utah getting a win at home with maybe the defensive performance of the year against UCLA. Now they go on the road short week to play an angry Oregon State team that just lost on the road to a Washington State team that I really like a lot, a Washington State team that I backed plus three at home uh, last week. I think this is the perfect time to come back with Oregon State. I don't like laying more than three, though, but we'll talk about some other options. I, pl- I did play a look ahead there, plus two and a half on Oregon State. That one's looking like it has some nice CLV, which we know how that always does. CLV hasn't been all that friendly the first couple of weeks for Negative sports. CLV is doing terrific. Yep. Okay, we'll get into Duke, Notre Dame, Alabama against Mississippi State. Did the Crimson Tide get their act together? Do we trust them yet? And then USC, Colorado, of course, as well. First, let's send it to Johnny Avello, joined by Julian Faradzar. All right, welcome in to another segment of Odds Are. You hear the music, you know what it means. Mr. Johnny Avello, the director of DraftKings Sportsbook, joins us here on Unreasonable Odds. Johnny, how are we doing this week? Excellent, Jules. Thank you much. Let's hop right into it. It was an insane weekend for big favorites in the NFL. It was one of those weekends in Survivors with parlays, with teasers, where you're almost picking between which ones to use because there's so many. Teams like the Niners, like the Chiefs, get through, but big teams get knocked off. Jacksonville goes down against Houston. Baltimore goes down against the Colts, and most notably, the pathetic Dallas Cowboys losing to an Arizona Cardinals team that, like, if you watch their games, they keep coming out and looking good. Uh, Go figure. Did those sides losing uh, make this the best NFL week of the young season uh, for the sportsbook, Johnny? Oh, certainly the best so far. Uh, when, when we go back and look at, you know, the first three weeks, week one was pretty solid for us. Week two didn't live up to expectations. And then last Sunday was certainly one of our best ever. Um, the Cowboys were bet, Jules, in just about every way imaginable. Uh, the Jags-Texans game was second best game. Um and then uh, the game that that also hurt the survivor participants, as you as you just mentioned. Yeah, and then yeah. also the Ravens against Gardner Minshew. Um, they, they didn't believe it was going to happen, but it did. That was also a very good game for us. Uh, sticking with the sports book side of things, outside of those big favorites that went down, what were some of the best results for you guys over at DraftKings Sportsbook? Uh, let's see. The Raiders losing at home. Uh, to the Steelers, that had the biggest handful. Of the I day. did not understand that one. People sharp in public, just piling on the Raiders all week. Um, and on our show, the sweat on the weekend, it, uh, Josh Applebaum gave out Raiders, and Steve Buchanan and I looked at him like he had three heads. We were on the Steelers. I did not understand that one, by the way. But sorry. Well, it was the biggest. It was the biggest handle of the day because it's the isolated game that turned into a significant winner for us. And then the Pats. That was good as they continued to think the, the betters continue to think that the Jets can turn this season around. So still taking Jet money. <clears throat> good luck uh, against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football this week. Uh, another survivor pick and heavy money line parlay piece right there, I would anticipate. Uh, let's go to the public for a second. Let's give them some love. Where did you guys pay out? What were some of the most profitable games for our DK Sportsbook betters in NFL Week 3? Uh, Chargers winning at the Vikings. Uh, that turned a plus for the betters. The Chargers opened the favorite. Minnesota closed the favorite. 
Uh, and they also cashed on the Dolphins, who were in a route, and then on the Bills. They thought this was a good spot also for the Bills. All right. It seems like a lot of the uh, most bet player props on DraftKings that I take a look at from time to time for week three did pretty well overall. Um, I was on some ones in the primetime games. Jalen Warren's modest receiving yards over was 15 and a half before it started going up with the expanded role. Mike Evans, although he had a couple scary first half drops, 55 and a half receiving yards that got bet up. He wound up getting there. Um, was that the case this week? What were some of the the more popular player props that paid out, if so? Yeah, there were some few that paid out. I mean, overall, it wasn't a bad week on props. Josh Allen, Travis Kelsey to score TD, Mahomes throwing over two and a half TD passes. On Monday Night Football, Hurts scoring a TD, that zinged us a little bit. And I'll tell you, Jules, the one prop, that's been bet for three straight weeks that we really have notable liability on is will every team on, on any particular week score a field goal? It didn't get it. It didn't get there this week, but it did a few weeks back. And the price is usually in about the 50 to one range on that. Yeah. That one notably got some, some publicity on uh, the old Twitter machine. And um, I think that bet is now on everyone's radar. And that's going to see a lot more handle moving forward after some of those payouts. Yeah, Twitter, um, Twitter can work for you, can it? it? It depends on the week. It can work for you or against you. Everybody saw that it hit, and then you go and bet it this week, and it doesn't hit. And now, look what No, I mean it can work for us. It, well, it can work for both sides because everybody saw it the first time when it hit. And then, yes, it can work for, yes. for you as well. Both sides there. All right, Johnny. I want to talk about a game that I don't know what side this is going to work for. Because I, I can't recall a game like this where you have a Broncos team give up 70 points, and now they are a growing road favorite this week at the Chicago Bears. Have you ever seen any – it speaks all to how poor the Bears are, I guess, and that maybe there's still some blind faith in this Broncos team that shouldn't quite be this bad. But have you ever seen anything like it like this in your storied uh, sports betting Hall of Fame career? where a team has a performance like the Broncos just had, and they are a growing road favorite the following week. Of course I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. It's not it, It's not even strange to me. Uh, you know, I look at both teams are 0-3. Coming into the season, the Bears had moderate expectations, uh, maybe seven, eight wins. Broncos with the new coach, Peyton, had much higher expectations. So when I look at the power ratings now for both teams, the Broncos are still about – Two, three points better than the Bears, uh, at least in bookmakers' eyes. Uh, Bears' home field advantage isn't much more than a point, as they just haven't played well there over the last three years or so. So mm-hmm. uh, somebody's got to be the favorite in the game. And so I, I, I think the Broncos deserve to be the favorite because the Bears have just looked – at least the Broncos were in position to win a game or so. The Bears have not been. Yeah, they've been in position to win – two games, although they were both at home and then they blew them both against not very good teams, but now they play another not very good team. Um, All right. Another game coming up on this week four card public seems to want to bet these red hot dolphins. Can't blame them. They look very good. Uh, Just had that 70 burger, of course. Uh, Now you're going on the road to Buffalo. Buffalo remains the favorite here. Do you expect this to be one of the uh, main pros versus Joes type of games this week? And where do you think this number closes? Because Buffalo has been two and a half, three. There's going to be some resistance there. Uh, But if public Dolphins money piles in and Buffalo gets even shorter, you would expect some some sharp money to come in on Buffalo. Yeah, it's an interesting game. I do think it's going to be the biggest handle for certainly the 10 o'clock games, and there are plenty of those 10s this week. They're red hot because they're averaging 43 points a game. You know, you had that 70, and that sure jacks it up a little bit. <laughs> yep. But the defense might be a bit porous. Uh, the betters were trying to keep this game from the Bills becoming the three-point favorite, and you mentioned that as it was, you know, two and a half with a little bit of juice, but we're now at three, and I believe that's where it's going to probably end up staying is three. Okay. Uh, you know, the the Dolphins are rated a little bit higher than the Bills right now, but the Bills' home field advantage is a little stronger. It's probably about, you know, three or so, three and a half. Um, so I think this will close somewhere around that three area. 
All right, uh, those are two of the more interesting games on on the card. Obviously, a primetime matchup and a not-so-primetime matchup there in Chicago. Any other games early taking a lot of money in the week? Any other games that you think there's still something up in the air that we could see steam and, and move the number before we get to Sunday? There's certainly going to be some steam. You know, sometimes we just can't foresee that. But, you know, the Vikings at the Panthers open two and a half. That's now up to three and a half. Uh, I can see that reaching four. And it's not that the Vikings deserve the play. It's just the 0-3 situation for a team that probably shouldn't be 0-3. Uh, Brown's taking the money at home, opening up a small dog. Now they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, if that makes it to three, it will probably be three even because a three-flat will probably get gobbled up. Uh, Eagles are up from seven, from up to eight from seven-and-a-half at home versus the Commanders. That may go up another tick, but I would tell you, Jules, be careful with that one. Uh, and the Chiefs in the Sunday night game are up to 10 at, uh, I think 10 is probably the ceiling on that game. I can't see higher than 10. I know we can bad mouth the Jets, but Jets at home getting 10. Uh, it looks like they might be able to hang around. I don't know. I, the Jets team is very confusing to me. All right, we've got as close as we're going to get to a Johnny Avello opinion right there. Giving us caution with a Washington-Philly game. That was Philly's first loss last year. I assume that's part of what you were getting at. Washington can play them tough. Division game right there. Um, there's the NFL card. Quickly going to hit on the college card. Last week's college football card, one of the best anticipated ones of the year, and it lived up to the hype. What were some of the sides that wound up being uh, the best and worst results for DraftKings Sportsbook? Uh, well, two games were monstrous. Uh, Ohio State at Notre Dame. That game at, fell three. Don't ask me how it did, but it did fall three. Here they are. It's two. We think the game's over. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the guys come out with one second left, make it three. We eked out a profit on that game. I don't know how, but we'll take it. Uh, how much, real quick, how much of that number came into play necessarily like how what percent roughly of bets wound up pushing on that three versus who won or lost on Notre Dame three and a half who won or lost on note on uh the money line was it a large majority that wound up pushing on that three minimum 50 percent okay yes wow. um <laughs> yeah I know you know at the game sat three most of the time there was a little movement and you could have bought it off the number there were a lot of things you could have done with it right um and in Colorado Buffaloes they continue to draw a crowd, Jules. Uh, that game at Oregon was huge, right? We did really well on it. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're happy that the Colorado team does lose once in a while or doesn't get there, but that was a game where they were just totally outmatched. Yep. FSU, by the way, too. Public, uh, Clemson had many chances to come through and win that game at home. FSU came through. I imagine that was big for the, the public as well. Yeah. Um, a couple of games that the Florida State at Clemson and the Cal at Washington were both big handle games. We were in negative status on both of those games. By the way, this Washington team's a little sneaky, aren't they? Uh, good, football, good football. That's team. my preseason pre Pac 12 bet right there. Plus 430, I think it was. Okay. Um, all right. Speaking of Pac 12, big one in the Pac 12 on Friday night. We finally get a really big time Friday night college football game. Oregon State coming off the loss at a Washington State team that I like very much hosts a Utah team who number goes all over the place last week. Cam Rising wound, winds up out again. Hold UCLA at home to seven points. They win that game at home. Now they travel Friday night to play at Oregon State. Beavers have taken a ton of money here. Um, this is one I, I bet preseason here. I bet Oregon State. I added to them early in the week. I like the spot for them a lot. But how is this price? Is this price for Rising in or out? Do you think it's going to move much based on his status? Because this Rising thing seems to be moving the Utah number week after week, and he keeps not playing. Yeah, the Rising thing is rising. Is that what you're trying to say? That's yeah. exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, the Beavers are taking money, certainly open pick, and Oregon State's up to three and a half. You know, the freshman Nate Johnson, he's looked pretty good for yeah. freshman. You know, played the first four games, started the last two. He, well, he's been taking most of the reps in practice, uh, but that doesn't mean that Rising's out. This is a big game right here. Um, they, 
He needs to be in if he can be in. I know he was on the sidelines last week. Uh, he wasn't dressed to play, but he was seemed to be moving around okay. The defense has just been keeping this team in games, uh, and I don't know how much longer you know that can happen. So if the number is showing that Rising is out, but I'm not going to be surprised if he shows up. If he does show up, this comes back down closer to a pick, though. Probably Oregon State still slightly favored. Yeah, still slightly favored. All right, that seems to make sense. This is a regardless of where Utah goes, it's a tough game because you're either playing a freshman quarterback Friday night on the road, or you're seeing if Rising can knock the rust off in a tough road atmosphere. That's tough one way or another. Correct. Um, all right, we talked about this total a couple weeks ago, Johnny. I have been awaiting USC in Colorado. I was able to get it over 71 and a half early. It sits 73 and a half. Is this one going to keep going up? Because we just saw UCLA like sleepwalk through Arizona State, give up plenty of points there. Now you got kind of a pissed off Colorado team after the Oregon game coming home. They don't have much of a defense either. I, I just can't stop looking at this one and thinking how there won't be a ton of points. Oh, yes. Uh, you can expect. We're sitting at 73 and a half right now. You can expect 74, probably 75. Keep yeah. Going. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to keep going. Uh, all those reasons you mentioned, uh, Colorado this week, it's a much softer defense. Uh, I, uh, you know, the, the USC team won't be anywhere as near as motivated. I mean, I never, the coach had that team so motivated last week, uh, that, you know, after the game, he was still, he was still in motivation mode. I mean, he just couldn't get – and, hey, my hat's off to him. He did a great job coaching. He's got his team ready. They shut him down. This week should be an entirely different game. Agreed. Um, all right, rest of the college football card. Uh, what games are, are betters most inve uh, invested in? What sides are betters most invested in uh, as we sit kind of middle of the week here? Well, let's stick with that game. <laughs> <laughs> they're always on a side in that game, and I know which one it is. They're all, they're also invested in Colorado with course, the twenty four points now down to twenty one and a half. They're invested in Colorado on the money line plus eight fifty. So you know Colorado's still going to be one of the star attractions this week. Um, the Gators taking money at Tennessee. Uh, the Vols open three and a half. That's now down to one. Duke taking money at Notre Dame. That's a, that looks like a great matchup. Notre Dame opened six and a half, now down to five and a half. And another game which has a higher spread, but I find quite interesting is Kansas at Texas. A couple mm -hmm. of four and O teams. Texas opened 17 and a half and they're taking Kansas with that, those points. That's down across the key number of 17 down to 16 and a half. All right. And real quick, I'm going to throw in a baseball question because before we came on, you and I were talking some baseball real quick and you were mentioning how it's it's nice that we have meaningful games this time of, of the year. We're wrapping up MLB uh, regular season, but the AL West still wide open. Uh, just give me your thought process kind of behind the book right now of what you're looking for in some of these meaningful games down the stretch and what it means for the futures market. God, you know, when we, we're finishing up the season, we've got a great race uh, between Texas, Houston, and Seattle. Um, you know, they Texas loses last night, and so does Houston. Uh, Texas is going to be at uh, the Angels for two more games. Then they're going to play at, uh, Seattle, which will be tough because Seattle wins last night and is still in the mix. Uh, so that is totally wide open, not only for the division winner, but for who makes the playoffs. And then Houston has to travel to Arizona who for three games, who probably won't lay down unless it's the last game because, yeah. you know, they're, they're fighting for a playoff spot. And then we got our beloved Cubs, you know, the, one of the nation's uh, teams that are followed year in and year out in the mix. I'd like to see them stay in it for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, the Cubs do have a good following. And number two, Jules, we have a, uh, bricks and mortar location that is attached to Wrigley Field, and That'll I would drive like some to, handle. <laughs> like to keep that place, uh, you know, at at full capacity, which it will happen if the, as long as the Cubs stay in it. Now we just got to get one over at Fenway Park, um, which, by the way, Red Sox over seventy seven and a half wins is on my card. 
I just counted that as a win three weeks ago. They're four and 15 since they need two more wins. Yeah. There are still plenty of meaningful baseball games down the plenty stretch. Oh yes. That's what's, that's what's, you know, betting changes everything, doesn't it? Doesn't matter yeah. if the team's out uh, for some, they're still in or out. There's with a few games to go. It matters to me. It doesn't seem to matter to the Red Sox who are playing with the heart of an ant every night, trying to watch my money disappear. That's odds are with Johnny Avella. We were all over the place today. We will do it again soon. Johnny, thank you for the time here on Unreasonable Odds. Oh, you're welcome, Jules. Have a good day. Great stuff from Johnny. We've had him on now three consecutive weeks. Excellent breakdown from behind the counter and what the public might be taking advantage of. You did touch on Utah, Oregon State. That is a Friday night kick. Like you had said before, whether or not it's Cam Rising at quarterback for Utah, that matters. He wa- I thought he, there was a chance he'd play last week, and that was not the case. Um, and as you talked about in the episode last week with Washington State at home as a dog against Oregon State, you got the right side there too. I saw you mention this. I think you put it in an article as well, or you tweeted it at the very least. I got Oregon State at minus 130. I think you got him at minus 120 on the money line for this Friday night. Now that number is around minus 160. They're laying two and a half points. Maybe there's a three out there. I'll have to check here in a second. Yeah, it's three and a half now. Three and a half at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Your latest feel for this Friday night game in the Pac-12. So first things first, I love that we get a huge Friday night college football game because it's generally kind of these like, eh, games. And we have (laughs) ACC swap, usually. Act Saturday card where like, oh, you can't put one there. And I understand tailgating on college football campuses, but like, if you can't get hyped up for that Friday night game, uh, I don't know. It seems like a good a good experience to have on your campus. And Oregon State gets that on Friday night, and I'm excited for it. So one thing that Johnny mentioned, this is mostly priced now at three and a half for Rising to be out yet again. Mm-hmm. Now, if Rising gets ruled in, he would expect the line to come back down, but Oregon State still closes a small favorite, which I agree with. So... If rising, I would wait on this if you don't have it yet. I, I put out the minus 120 money line earlier in the week um, and personally bet some look-ahead lines when, when the Beavers were still dogs. But I would wait for the rising status now. I don't want to lay more than three, and it's three and a half. So if rising is ruled in and this comes down, let it come down and then bet Oregon State money line when it's under a field goal. Um, because... This is one of two ways. If Rising plays, it's his first game of the season in a Friday night road atmosphere in the Pac-12. Tough place to win. That's a tough situation for Cam Rising, as good as he is, to just return and play well. There's going to be some rust to knock off, and this is a tough spot to do it in. Um, Played his first game last year, not that he was even returning from an injury like this, but first game last year was at the Swamp at Florida, a game I had Utah in, a game they almost drove and won, but he threw a back-breaking interception and lost that one on the road. If it's the freshman quarterback again, who I like, but I mean, this is a tough road atmosphere for a freshman quarterback to go into on a Friday night and get a win like this. So if it comes down with rising, bet him on the money line. If it doesn't and it's the freshman quarterback, I would still probably take Oregon State money line and look to get cute and put it with something that gets it down to like a standard minus 110. You hate getting cute, but like... Let's see here. Nate Johnson, right? Freshman and wow, yeah. was not that encouraging. I mean, they, they started well against uh, UCLA, a pick six included. So only one offensive touchdown from correct. U- they got a pick six early in the game and that kind yeah. of carried them the rest of the way. You just can't, you just got to manage the game. That's exactly what he did, right? It's all he had to do. Yep. So if you take Oregon state and money line parlay it with like Georgia, against Auburn. Auburn. You're at minus 116. Something like that. I again, I'm not giving this out as a play cuz I already got the number. I put it out. Hopefully you got it. So I don't have to get cute now. But if rising is out and you have to get cute, something like that feels like it should work, but we know what can happen with these things. 9 Eastern FS1 on Friday nights and 
I'm sure you talked about this with Johnny. It's just fascinating to see. I mean, the line dropped when, um, or part of me, it, it rose when rising it went from four and a half to six before the game against UCLA. And then as we know, Johnson played. So, um, but to your point, now that it's up at three and a half, we get the indication that, and, and look, winning that game against UCLA, they can get away with managing it, I guess, right? They can really. I don't know. There's going to be, the Pac-12 is so good. There's like, there could be, I don't know. I need to look at the exact schedule. So I'm, I might be making this up, but there could be like a scenario where a 10 and two team mm-hmm. doesn't get in to the Pac-12 final. And it's a 11 and one team against a 10 and two team that beat the other 10 and two team that gets in. So like, you can say it that way, but can they can they manage it? Because yeah. there's not much room for error. You still have to play in that conference in of the world. Like you got to win. <laughs> it's 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 great to me. This all the Pac-12 TV deal chatter before the season kicked off, and now of course the Pac-12 is having a phenomenal year. What the a year for the Pac-12 to just demolish themselves. They're the best conference in the country by far. I'm so entertained. I'm so entertained by the Pac-12, and they're just coming completely. They're like, what an encore they're giving us, I guess. Yeah. Well, you might get your wish granted, though, in years to come for better, just better games with all those teams joining other power conferences. Noon kickoff on Saturday. Well, I want to give one more thing Friday night. Okay, okay, okay. Real quick. I don't get why BYU has transitioned to an underdog at home. They were minus two and a half. They're now plus one and a half. Is Slovis out? Like, is he hurt, the quarterback? I don't know what's going on here. I know some, like, professional groups gave out Cincy. That moves lines when that happens, these services. BYU, I was watching VEASAN the other day, follow the money. Matt Eumann's good handicapper came on, said he had BYU minus five if he was pricing this game. I don't get why BYU is a home underdog. Cincinnati is coming off a big spot pushing or just barely failing to cover against Oklahoma at home. Mm-hmm. Now short week, you go on the road Friday night, Provo. This is another tough road Friday night game. If slow, if nothing's going on here and BYU is full strength, give me BYU home dog Friday night. Even money on the money line. Yes. Uh, Saturday, spend a minute on Colorado. I think the Colorado thing, I mean, look, last week was so underwhelming. Oregon's coach got those guys ready to go. The recap video Oregon put out was like five minutes long. Guys are trash talking, yada, yada. We know the hype at this point with Dion and Shador. No Travis Hunter still. So Colorado's home. USC not looking all that great against Arizona State, but they get out of there with the win. Uh, They won by two touchdowns, didn't cover. I know you're on their team total over, which I was too, and that – Pissed me off. Two two um, that killed me last week were so I got Washington. I missed on LSU for team totals. I can live with those. Although LSU could have driven for a touchdown, got it at the end of the game. USC played awful. They should have gotten theirs. They didn't. And Oregon over forty five and a half. They had thirty five at halftime. Didn't get there. I know. I know. And they scored one touchdown in the second half. Uh, okay, so we talked about this game two weeks ago. Maybe getting an edge on the over at seventy one and a half. Which we you both bet. Yeah, we both bet it. And now it's at 73 and a half, which it's like if Colorado had a better showing against Oregon, maybe that's creeping up in the high 70s. It's not. They only scored six points. The Hunter injury is huge. The The hype has kind of come down a bit on Colorado. Where do you stand on this game? Noon kickoff Saturday. Same stance. Um, and Johnny Avello, who rarely gives out opinions, kind of said this one should be an over um, and he expects it to keep going up as the week goes on. Okay. Um, I like it at 73 and a half. I gave it out at 73 and a half this week. Um, This is not Oregon. This is Colorado now who was on the road for the Oregon game coming back home, kind of pissed off from the loss and going against a USC defense that is nowhere near what Oregon is. USC just got carved up a little bit by Arizona state on the road. So I feel strongly that Colorado is going to bounce back offensively. Their team totals in like the mid to low 20s, um, which I do expect USC to win the game, obviously. But 21 and a half spread. If you want to go play the Colorado team total over as well. 25 and a half. 25 and a half. Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. 
Um, USC's defense is just bad. You're going on the road here, early kick. I, I think USC will get their points too, but I, I think both teams, this is going to be up and down. This is going to be a lot different from last weekend. Um, and while I think USC still wins, this type of pace is the type of pace that could keep Colorado in it, like a TCU game where it's 45 mm-hmm. to 42. Like it's at least at Colorado's pace and they can stay in it. Now, if you get in a track meet with USC, you're probably still going to lose, but right. I think it's going to be that kind of game. I'm still good with the over. Um, I, I like the spot for both teams to score points. Yeah, I would urge folks to not get mystified that USC just had an off week, especially in the first half defensively. Their, their defense is not good. Lincoln Riley is there to pump up that offense, pump up Caleb Williams. Um, and yeah, I think there might be actually more urgency from USC offensively after an underwhelming performance last week. Uh, I don't have much else in the noon window if you've got something else to add. I got a couple noon window, and I'll close close with the one that you'll prefer of the two. We'll start with Florida-Kentucky, though. SEC. Is Kentucky now a one-point favorite? One and a half, minus 120 on the money line. Uh, I'm going Kentucky money line here. Unranked, hosting a ranked. Florida looked bad on the road against Utah. Looked great at home against Tennessee. Tennessee. I don't like Tennessee much, but I like Florida at the Swamp a lot. Florida played great at the Swamp last year. They stunk on the road. Now you're going on the road for another big divisional game. This is just kind of that zigzag theory on big games and great spot hosting Tennessee. Now a down spot hosting Kentucky. This game is to Kentucky what the Tennessee-Florida game was to Florida. Right. I expect the home team to come out in this rivalry game and have an edge. I, I really like Kentucky minus 120 on the money line in that one. Um, Clemson, Syracuse. Mm -hmm. I gave Clemson one last shot last week. You did. And they had every chance to come through and keep their season alive, and they failed. I'm out on Clemson now, and I don't think this is an overreaction. Like, that was the game that they had to get to have a season, and they know that. So their season's now over. I expect them to be a little sluggish. Now you're going to a character. And Florida, Florida State tried to give them that game. Yeah. The I don't, field goal, then the play calling by Florida State in regulation at the end. Really bizarre. Um, their coach, I, 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 uh, Norvell. Norvell. Yeah, I, I don't like him. I don't like Dabo right now either. So like, No, it's true. Yeah. yeah. I thought that – I thought that – FSU would lose one or both of the Clemson and LSU games and they won both. So now their win total is 11 and a half. They're project. They could, it's like, will they go undefeated or not? I would bet an under 11 and a half on FSU because now it's like, Oh, they got through the hard games. They're going to be fine. They're going to slip up somewhere. This team is not like an undefeated type of team. You can tell by watching them. I don't know who it's going to be, but one of them along the way, I feel like they're going to get knocked off. If you want to tie up some money on a juiced future. But as it pertains to this week, and maybe you can speak to the Syracuse side a little more, Yeah. but they're playing very well. They have a dual threat veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson always seems to struggle with Syracuse, particularly. Trader is the quarterback. This is what Trader. I screwed up last week and Samir or kept it in there. Yeah, not Shador, Shador Sanders, Garrett Schrader. Go ahead. Yeah, the East, East Coast Shador. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that this is a down spot for Clemson. They're kind of like, we're I, so it's over now. Let's just see how we can finish out the season. And they're going somewhere that this is going to be like a Syracuse Super Bowl type of game. It's in their building. They're going to get jacked up to play Clemson. They don't care that they're out of it and that they lost to FSU last week. Um, so I got Syracuse plus seven and a half minus 120. I'm seeing six and a half now. I would really want a seven. I tried to put it out at seven. Um, Syracuse home dog. I, I like this one. I went to Syracuse Clemson in 2019. It was Trevor Lawrence last year. Syracuse hung in there with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. First he half stinks. they hung in there. <laughs> yeah, he stinks. And really, that's relatable because Dino Babers has been the coach since then. And then they got smoked in the second half. Trevor Lawrence, I, I get it. Better, way better team than yeah. Klubnik at quarterback. In last year's game at Death Valley, that opened my eyes that Dino's got something going here against Dabo. 
Um, Schrader, to me, is – I think it's uh, fair to – if I'm getting Garrett Schrader as a six-and-a-half, seven-point underdog, this is a spot oh, for yeah. Syracuse, for sure. And I would agree it is a letdown for Clemson as much as they haven't played well because I think D- D- the way Dabo spoke after the Duke loss – he essentially laid it out like, well, we better beat Florida State right. or we're done. And they didn't. And is, they were. Yeah. This is the opposite of when a team loses a game and you're like, great bounce back spot. This is yes. the deflating loss that ends it for them. And it's not like next week is at home against BC or Virginia. It's like, no, you're going on the road to a decent team. Middle tier ACC team. Yeah. So Syracuse has covered the last. Uh, I think they covered last year. They did cover last year. At Death Valley, they must have been a two-touchdown underdog, I think. They lost by six. Year before that, at the Carrier Dome, low scoring, 17-14. Syracuse did lose. Um, but yeah, they uh, and they beat them at home a few uh, back in 2017 in a big Friday night spot. So I tend to agree. I mean, you'd rather get the seven. I would, too, love, if this was, I would love if this was the Friday, a Friday night, seven o'clock game, even more than Saturday noon. But yeah, more than... More than North Carolina State and Louisville is who we get on Friday night in the ACC. That's okay. fine too, but I feel like a, these are the camp, like the the teams that don't want to do the Friday night games are like the big SEC teams, Big Twelve, Big Ten. They're like we're not giving up that uh, Saturday tailgate because it's such a big thing in those regions. Like these are the perfect ones, I guess. ACC, whatever you make that the big Friday night game, and people will go to it. I'd encourage an under in that game, fifty three points. Hmm. You uh, you might be right. Thank you. <laughs> Find out on Saturday. Yeah, I'll be in Syracuse. I won't be at the game, but I'll be in the state. So, hmm. fun the state, fact: the state of Syracuse. In the state of Syracuse, going to a wedding. I'll be in. I'll be in. I'll be in town. Uh, okay, let's move on. Oregon, Stanford. I played Oregon twenty-four and a half. Wow. Had a feeling that would go up to four scores. Well, 24 and a half is four scores, but uh, it would get to close to five scores. Um, so I think it's not, not not playable unless you believe Stanford really stinks and you'd get Oregon still at 27 and a half, 28 and a half. 27 is the current yeah, line. Yeah, 27. That's a game you like? I do. I, right. I believe. Maybe it's a letdown spot. They kicked crap out of Colorado, poured a lot out into that game, clearly. Um, let down on the road. Is it going to be like USC now? Like when they went to Arizona state, you just say, okay, let's just kind of, you said this before, but like about Florida state at BC, just let's get in there, get out of there, find a way. Yep. Kind of spot. But I mean, again, I wouldn't play it at 27. I got the opening line number at 24 and a half. Very good. It doesn't sound like you have much there, so we can just move on. I don't have an opinion there, but I do have an, well, I don't know if I have an opinion. I have a six o'clock window game that I'm very interested by. And that's the LSU at Ole Miss game. Um, LSU team, love it. Love the de- love the it. offense is good. The defense isn't very good, but I also think Ole Miss is a little overrated. Um, I I lean LSU in this game. The reason I might not bet LSU is because I have LSU over eight and a half wins, over nine and a half wins <laughs> to win the division, to win the conference. I might need to lay off at some point in time on a tough road game like this and just root for them without an actual side in the game. But I do don't I don't think I have my goggles on. I think I, I'm genuinely leaning towards LSU in the game. Ole Miss might be a sharp side as a home dog. I, I after think, how they looked last week. Yeah, I think something might be a little off with Ole Miss too, where LSU can get this. Yeah, you would have rather got LSU probably if uh Ole Miss kept that a one-score game against Alabama, but they didn't really have much going. No, as far as a number, that's all. Yeah. Uh, okay, Notre Dame, Duke, Notre Dame off that slugfest, defensive-minded battle against Ohio State. I don't know. I mean, I would have liked. I think I would have liked Duke a lot more if Notre Dame escapes with a win. You're feeling really good about yourselves. You beat Ohio State at home. Great atmosphere. Hartman played well in the second half, but now I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you blow that kind of game or you motivate. It's a tough, tough back-to-back stretch to go Ohio state, then go to Duke. 
Julian, is there a chance Duke is the best team in the ACC? Is that is that possible with this Riley kid at quarterback? I don't think Duke is ultimately better than FSU, even though I don't think FSU goes undefeated. But Duke is definitely underrated. We keep underrating them like it's like, oh, they win all these games. They won nine games last year, but look at the schedule. And, well, if you're good, you're good, and you're, you're going to win some of those games on your schedule, and that's what Duke seems to be. Uh Man, five and, I, five and a half, folks, is the line. Five and a half. Duke home dog to Notre Dame. Five and a half. Yeah, it's sitting in no man's land. Generally, this mm-hmm. means five and a half on the home dog is like the side that you want to be on. This is a tough one. Notre Dame is clearly tougher than Clemson. Better quarterback play, better overall team. Uh, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> But it's it's see, this is a bounce back spot for Notre Dame. Like this is one where, okay, something went wrong. We lost to a really good team in a nail biter on Saturday night, but we can still get everything back on track now. Saturday night here at Duke. Duke's got game day for the first time ever, I heard. Um so it sets know- up it sets up for Notre Dame too, because like you said, you move on and if you get this game, now again, we're talking about the spread, and they can win this game, and they can still get USC on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, plenty of chances. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Game day for the first time at Duke is that is that going to play a role? You know, those nerds will be hyped up. I don't. I do like gun to my head, Duke. But I don't know about this one. How much have we really learned about Duke? Maybe under. It's fifty-two. Duke held Clemson to seven points, but it was with miraculous turnovers in the red zone and the goal line. on the goal line. Um, and Notre Dame and Ohio State just played a 17-14 grinder. 52 might feel a little high. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Feels like a no play. It's not, but it's an intriguing game. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to watch it. I'll say this. Like, I don't know what you do with this now. Iowa-Michigan State came out. I bet Iowa minus seven. That was just wrong. It's now 12 and a half, so I don't I can't give it out. I tried to give it out and move too fast. If you need a money line parlay piece, Michigan State is awful. They're not 30, sec- 30 seconds on Alabama. Do you trust them again? No. Good spot for them. Up. Good spot for them. They'll still probably I should have bet eight and a half wins over last week. I have ten and a half under. I should have bet eight and a half over. They're still going to win nine or 10 games, but ultimately like there's going to be another couple losses on their schedule. Can they go on a road and beat up Mississippi state for sure? It's going to be 14. It's going to be 17. I don't know. Nothing on the number for me, but they'll win this game and they'll be okay this season, but definitely not a playoff contender. That only, is... other, only, only other college thing I'll mention before we move on, unless you got anything, uh, Washington's team total over weekly should just be a play. Michael Penix should be the favorite for the Heisman. It's they people were nervous about it about a slower paced Cal team last season. They almost got there in like the first quarter. Yeah, uh, 42 and a half team total. 42 and a half this week on DK Sportsbook at Arizona. Arizona played Mississippi State and I think gave up like 31. Um, Washington's going well into the 40s, maybe 50s again. I think it's because no one's like watching their games. That could be part of it. Like they're not, they're not taking, they're not taking a lot of action. And then when they get some of those bigger games on their schedule against teams in their conference that are playing well and that are ranked, maybe there's some sharper angles on them, but yeah, I like it. I will say though, I'm nervous after your situation with LSU and USC. I'm like, Oh, there we go. Another 40 number 42, 43, 45 and a half Oregon to get a, Burn us again. I'm laying off the Washington is the team. The team total okay. team the rest of the way is going to be the Huskies. Okay. NFL. And then we'll work in best bets too. Unless you're college. You want to give a best bet now that's college related? Mine probably will be college related, but um, we'll okay, do, it at the, do it all best bets at the end. Very good. NFL. Quick NFL. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's hit Bill's Dolphins. Please, because this to me is the this is the game, right? It's the game at least very least in the one o'clock window. It's probably the game of the weekend. Miami just hung seventy on Denver. 
and the Bills are still getting respected. They're at home. Three-point favorite. Could have got two and a half. It's moved to three. Buffalo pasted the Commanders. In a game that was expected to have more weather than we anticipated. Actually, wasn't that bad. Buffalo puts up points. They've clearly rebounded. They beat Vegas. They beat the Commanders. Their week one loss. Like I said, I think they said this before when I bet Buffalo against Las Vegas. The Jets' defense just owns Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I think James Cook is a serviceable back. They've implemented the run game. I still think they're force-feeding digs. It's a big game if you like Buffalo Futures, too. That might be a time to look at Buffalo Futures if you think they're going to beat Miami. What's your take on this one? Buffalo or pass for me. I don't know if I'll ultimately get there, and I certainly want to get the two and a half if I can. And you can play that alternate now, not too juiced, because minus three, as we record, is only minus 102. Mm-hmm. So maybe Avello thinks it's, it hangs at three. Maybe public money on Miami gets it down to two and a half. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a Buffalo spotter pass. Miami's been riding high. They just scored 70. Now you got to go on the road. Tough place to play. Um, although they've been winning on the road all year, uh, this should be the spot that a team like Buffalo gets it together and wins this game. And Miami probably wins the one in Miami later in the year. But this spot just from a, you know, sports betting 101 standpoint is take Buffalo. I'm not sure what other ones you want to spend as much time on. Let's no, uh, want to hit the London game quick. I do have a take on the on the London game, please, because both teams I feel like are in bounce back spots after getting embarrassed. Atlanta loses to Detroit on the road. Desmond Ritter, he's pretty bad. Desmond Ritter's not that good at quarterback. They've got the pieces, I think, around him in London, yeah. Pitts, Bijan, even Al, uh, Algier, the uh, backup back uh, that gets a lot of snaps. De- I think their defense is pretty good. Um, secondary is a little shaky, but their front's pretty good. And then uh, the the, <laughs> the Jaguars, holy cow! Calvin Ridley, so many penalties. The, the whole team had penalties. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is all that bad in that game. Their defense, ugh. um, I don't know what to feel about this game. Jags are three point. This is like the Jags' second home, London. Three point favorites in London against the Falcons, nine thirty a.m. on Sunday. I will lay the three with the Jags here. Um, like you said, they know London well, so it's not an unheard of spot for this team. Although I think they, did they play the Falcons over there recently? I think they might've, but it doesn't matter. It's it's an annual spot for Jacksonville. This is an annual road trip. So I will lay through with Jacksonville because I think they're in more of a bounce back spot. Atlanta kind of a little bit fortunate early in the year to start two and oh, they beat a terrible Panthers team. It's probably the second worst team in the NFL. And then they snuck by the Packers, which took some luck. And then they lost in a spot they should lose in at Detroit. And now they go on the road again to London. Jacksonville's coming from at home where they were embarrassed. They're used to this trip. I just think if it's more, it's more of a bounce back spot for the Jags. And ultimately I don't believe in Atlanta long-term because of Ritter. I think Jacksonville could take a step back this year from the expectations, but I, I do believe in Lawrence and that offense and that they have the better defense. So by the the, Fal- the Falcons, I think played the jets in London. That's your okay, thing. So they went on a trip, but they didn't play that. Okay. Whatever. So yeah, I, I, I got you. I'm just letting you know, uh, Jacksonville, guys. Jacksonville four and five straight up in their London games, dating back to 2013. They lost to Denver last year. They allowed 21 to Denver, which is a lot for Denver. <laughs> last year's Denver. Denver's still harder than than this game. Last year's Denver is still a tougher game than this game. <laughs> uh, okay, what else we got? Really, some low, low totals this week, too. Low totals. Baltimore, Cleveland, 40 and a half. Cincinnati, Tennessee. I played that one under 40, uh, 43. Maybe it was 42. I have to double check. Um, yeah, I still don't love Joe. I think Joe Burrow is really clearly hurt, and the Titans are kind of a mess um, on yeah. offense. I wouldn't mind an under there still at 41.5 at DraftKings. Uh, the numbers, as far as the totals do go up, I mean, divisional matchup Cleveland and Baltimore could be a bounce back for the Ravens, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But not much Not much else emerges for me. I will say I, I've got one for best bets, but I'll save it. Okay. Um, yeah, Cleveland's the sharp side in that game. People love 
the path for Cleveland. They should only be underdogs three more times this season, I guess. So I didn't love them. I don't love Watson, but with the defense and the path, like even with Watson not playing well, apparently there's still a path. So I might have to buy on a team that I just don't believe in the quarterback play or now the running game at all. Hmm? Jerome Ford's fine. He's fine. Yeah. But Chubb gives you more, but. There's only one. I, I have no totals, and I, there's only one other side that I like so far. Although I will say, like the late window again. What did I do last year? The three teams that I teased: Dallas, San Francisco, and the Chiefs. They're all in the late window again in the night game, and they should all win again. I'm not <laughs> those three teams together again. But like the Chiefs aren't losing to the Jets, and the Niners aren't losing at home to the Cardinals. After and the Patriots could beat the Cowboys. The Patriots could beat the Cowboys could beat the Cowboys and that's why I'm going to stay away but Dallas could be a teaser leg um I don't know what to do with those other ones I'm not laying 14 with the Niners even though after seeing what they did to Dallas they will certainly be prepared for this team and win that game like that's not going to be an upset Arizona over San Francisco is not going to be an upset and the Jets over the Chiefs isn't going to be an upset because they the Jets just can't do anything like my only question is do we lay nine and a half with Kansas City or not because I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to keep up. Um, so a lot of questions there. I think it's a tougher board in NFL like it always is, where spots are a little more obvious in the college game. But the one I did bet, kind of like the Colts. They're minus 115 money line at home against the Rams. This is a good team. I really wish I bet them before the season to win the division because I didn't think it was going to be the Jags, but I didn't believe in the Titans. Mm-hmm. And both of them look bad, but I did didn't even, I couldn't even open the door to the Colts, who suddenly looked good. Um, so Rams, short week, staying on the road East Coast after the Cincy game, got dinged up a little. Stafford was getting destroyed in that game. If Indy has any kind of a pass rush, Stafford should be battling to stay upright in this game. Whereas I like what what Indy's doing, they, you know, they didn't have any threat kind of early without Zach, uh, without Zach Moss because of no Jonathan Taylor, but Moss has been really good at, at running back, which not the most crucial position, but it's been giving them balance on offense. I, I like Indy in that game. Yeah. Um, could, could call out on the second straight road game. You've been it's a weird game. I didn't think we would be like, I'd be betting a Indy Rams pick them game in week four, but here we are. Yeah. And I think what now, who do you want to be the quarterback? It's probably going to be Richardson. It's probably going to be Richardson. And I would probably prefer Minshew. I, that's my, that's why I brought that up. Cause uh, yeah. those who don't know, Anthony Richardson is back in practice. He is out of the protocol. Yep. Um, I, I would give him another, I would give him, I, I think you ride Minshew until it gets really, really ugly. Yeah, now that you have a chance, like it's become this weird situation where you kind of just play for the future to begin the season and give the job to Richardson. And then you're like, hey, wait a minute, we're kind of good. And we have a veteran quarterback that's doing something here. It's a weird reversal, of course, where you don't want to break your, I mean, mentally break your number four overall pick that you want to hand things to in the future and start him, play him a game and a half and bench him. Uh, if that wasn't a player in this decision, I think it would be easy call to go with Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. And right? yeah, I, I, it's, it's almost like they're probably thinking about it now. Yeah. Maybe we should have started Minshew from the very beginning. And right. If you go that way, then it's just like, yeah, we're resting the kid. Easy. He's learning. Easy to say that now that they're two and one. Right. But yeah, exactly. Uh, revision is history. Uh, I will add one more thing. And then we can go to best bets because I don't really have. I, I would. I would. I'll say this: Denver um, and Chicago. I'd play the under, forty-six points down to forty-five and a half. So you missed the forty-six and a half yeah. that it opened at. That sounds good. Two two stink bags. Um, sounds sounds, ob- sounds obvious, but good. Yeah, the team that just yeah. gave up seventy points <laughs> take them on the under next week. Yeah, I think both teams coming off embarrassing losses. They're a little more locked in, I think. It's really your last hurrah. I mean, 0-3 is 0-3. Don't get me wrong. But um, Russell Wilson, I think, has actually overperformed. If you just look at his numbers and take out the results of the that defense against Miami, um, I wouldn't – I know it's it – se- right, like you said, it seems obvious, but I actually think under would be the lean there. And the other thing about Kansas City and – 
the Jets, which is Sunday night, Patrick Mahomes as a favorite of three and a half or higher. He is seven games under 500 against the spread. He's typically very good as a short favorite, three or less. He's 19, six and one. Now, when you get to that two score range, 10, nine and a half, there is a difference. 10 or higher, Mahomes, 10 or higher as a favorite, 10, 13 and one, nine and a half point favorite or less. He's 10 games over 500. So it's very just, you know, playing with the trends there. I don't know. That's why I would just prefer an under in that game. That That's like a college spot for the Chiefs. Let's get in there, get out of there. Kind of like what Dallas did, in a way, uh, against the Jets. Okay, best right. bets time. Let's get the hell out of here. <clears throat> okay. Want to go first? I'll go first. Uh, okay. it's, it's my favorite spot, even though it's moved. It's Oregon State on Friday night. And I'll preface it by saying I already played it. So if you've got it in pocket at the good number, great. Hold off on it, depending on when you're listening, to see if rising is ruled in and you can get the money line at a fair price. If it comes down under three, Oregon State on the money line. If it doesn't go that way, I will take my own advice and parlay it with something. Like um, <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> I have to give it out as something officially, like as a best bet, if it doesn't come down under three so that we can grade it. I have to attach it to something and now <laughs> put another leg on my play that I only have one leg on. But I'm going to do the Chiefs. That gets it to even money. Okay. Oregon Are you State. a fan? You're gonna, okay, you're going to money line parlay with the Chiefs. Got it. So a college State NFL City Chiefs money line parlay. If it does not get to a playable number, like 150 or better, I'll do it that way and we'll grade it that way. I got to give the listeners something to fire on if, it do, if the line doesn't go the way we think. But Rising could easily get ruled in and this could drop. So let's see. And then I'm going to point out one more thing. I don't know if you want it to be a best bet, but like a, a bet now. Sunday Night Football next week is Cowboys at Niners. Niners laying three at home. I want Niners laying three at home now. I think Dallas probably beats the Patriots. I don't think it comes down to two and a half, though. But there's the I think there's the chance New England upsets Dallas, and that number gets way bigger, whereas there's not a chance, I don't think, that San Francisco loses at home to Arizona. So I want to lay the three with the Niners now because I think even if Dallas plays really well, it's not getting any better, but it could get worse. And even if San Fran isn't great and, say, doesn't cover against the Cardinals, they'll still get the love being at home in the spot, how they've performed yeah. against them historically uh, in the playoffs, especially the year when McCarthy wanted to run the ball at the end. That was in Dallas. I realized that. Um, yep. Good Good look-ahead spot. Um like Okay. Mine, uh, we didn't hit on this NFL game. Hold your nose. Texans plus three. Oh, you've been a Texans guy this season. I know. I've bet them a couple you times. You bet them when you lost on them. You should have probably bet them last week. <laughs> I did. Well, I didn't give it out, but I, I did bet them. Okay. Was, that All felt right. good. Plus nine and a half. There you go. Um, Texans plus three. Mike Tomlin as a home favorite. It's not all that great. Uh, as a road favorite, Mike Tomlin in the last decade, 18, 18 and one against the spread, as opposed to as a road dog spot, like he was against the Raiders, 25, 13 and one. Um, it's the second straight, kind of what you said about the Rams, second straight road game. You're going from Vegas to Houston. Uh, not a complete West Coast to East Coast swing. I realize that, but you're on the road again. I, I thought Kenny Pickett really did look really good in the second half, uh, but that's that, that was, to me, an indictment of the Raiders, but more so because Jimmy Garoppolo and that Raiders offense couldn't stay on the field. So that Raiders defense was tired as hell. Pickett is starting to figure it out, but I also think the Texans, while coming off an emotional win against the Jaguars, I, I, I like it. I, I'm, I know the Ohio State quarterback history is not great. C.J. Stroud has not thrown an interception yet in three it's starts. for him. I mean, he's been good. He's been good. I think the Tank Dells, Nico Collins, they've got, they've got a little something cooking there. Damian Pierce got going a little bit in the running game. I think I like D'Amico Ryans as a coach in this spot. That I don't think he's better than Tomlin, but I do think – a lot of public money will pour in on Pittsburgh, an overreaction to how good they looked against the Raiders, who are decimated, time of possession, totally favored Pittsburgh. 
against the Raiders. I'm going to take the Texans plus three. I also wouldn't mind under 42 points. The under has been um, successful uh, in these spots uh, as well for the uh, in games featuring the Texans Steelers uh, with, I have it right here somewhere. Um, I'll have to find it, but yeah, the uh, I like the Texans, man. I think the Texans are not a bad idea against the Steelers that are riding high off a Sunday night win, staying on the road. All right, there you go. There's some bets. You okay with that? Does that work for you? I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I I like it enough. I'm probably going to stay away, but I don't hate it. Here it is. Mike Tomlin has a road under, uh, just part of me. Mike Tomlin on the road, unders, hitting it 57% of the time. And since 2014, 68%. Mike Tomlin and the under when the Steelers are on the road. Total's 42. Wouldn't hate the under there, too. That's all the time we got. Thanks to Johnny Avello, as always, for joining us. No Steve this week. Maybe he'll join us next week. Who knows? He's very busy, as he likes to remind us. For Julian Edlow, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening to Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Best of luck this weekend. We will talk to you next week. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.